Hey, yo, ladies and gentlemen, what's poppin'? Week 8 NFL picks right now, and I'm recording this video in this podcast earlier in the week right now. I'm talking on a Monday because I want to make sure that when I'm bringing it to you, which it's going to come out Tuesday morning this week instead of Thursday morning, I want to make sure that when I'm bringing it to you, you have the opportunity to get the best possible lines, at least the lines that I think are very good in the market. Again, I'm coming to you today with another five or six bets, a couple of leans on some totals and things like that. I'm very excited after week seven was a fine week overall. It was a very exciting week from an NFL standpoint, fantasy, all that type of stuff. Moving now into week eight. And if this is your first time watching my stuff, welcome in. I'm going to break down each individual game. We'll put some of the odds up on the screen. We'll put some of the data, statistics, analysis, some of the stuff that I use, some of the key stats that really swing some of these games and a lot of Vegas insiders will be using when they're making a lot of their wagers that potentially will move the line. And the whole goal is to try and beat the closing line that we're going to get. The only way you can beat that closing line is if you're actually on the line earlier in the week. Now, if you're watching this later in the week, of course, it's not going to be life or death. And a lot of the times this is a big entertainment piece for a lot of people. So I completely understand that. So we're just going to be trying to pick you some winners here at the beginning of the week. But obviously, I'm not Houdini here. So we're just going to be trying to hit at a clip that's going to be profitable over the long term. And to do that, it does take some work. It does take some experience. But the biggest thing as I have a, a ton of videos out, I have a couple of videos exactly on how to as a beginning sports better any level, just tips to try and how to stay on top of just getting an ROI, right? Getting a return on investment. And one of the big ones is just getting an early line, right? If you can't get an early line, you won't be beating the closing line. So welcome to the show. We're going to be covering a lot of that and more for week eight. I'm going to be going through, I think, five spread picks, two total picks right now. So seven overall. Thank you so much for being here. If you could, if I can get two seconds of your time, just give me a like button right there. Big old subscribe and pops up. You know to tap that bad boy in the bottom right hand corner. I know, I know. I don't want to take two seconds of my time. If you got those two seconds of your time, I would greatly ask you for them. And then I want to let you know this is going to be sponsored by Vigit, the Vigit app. So what is the Vigit app? So what does this even mean? Well, Vigit is an app that I partnered with and started to sponsor this betting video last week. And basically what it is that the course principle is a social media for sports bettors and sports fans. And there's a free to play sports book within this. So what you get from this free to play sports book, you have the Twitter side of it, right? So there's a couple different components. There's like a Twitter side for sports bettors. I make some posts on there. You can follow me. I follow some other people. And basically I'm just seeing what people are saying, whether they're adding some analysis, whether they're talking about which sides of the bets that they're on. It's a community, basically a social media, Twitter like for sports bettors. Then there's a whole free sports book, which if you download the app right now, it's totally free to download the app. You can check it out. It's all linked down below. If you use the promo code Sal, that is S-A-L, just my name. You'll get 1000 VIG coins. And what VIG coins are, are basically credits to be wagering on some of these games or to be putting some bets in on some of these games with your free sports book on VIG. And if you actually win and get a lot of credits, you can get some Amazon gift cards. You can get some other types of prizes. So it's actually a nice little fun component to it. And there's different outlets that you can do and you can see all the different opportunities in there. The reason that I like it a lot is it helps me prepare for these types of games, right? It actually has information on the totals, uh, where the lines are moving if you're looking at it later in the week. So there's some information on injury updates and things like that for these teams. So that's why I like Vigit a lot. I'm pulling it up on my phone right now. So I use it for all the aspects, the free sports book with the Vig coins, the social side of it. And also I really like the analysis and kind of a deep dive in a one quick snapshot. You scroll through for each individual matchup. It has nice analysis and information for you. So you can actually have a decision. You're not just blindly betting these games if you don't have time to watch this video in that week or watch any other type of content. So I'll probably reference it a couple times during this show. So just be sure down below to check it out. You can check it out. Use that promo code Sal to get a thousand VIG coins right now on your mobile devices. Thank you guys. And let's get into it. So we're going to start this one off with the last game of the week, Monday Night Football. As of right now, maybe some things will get moved with the schedule, but Tampa Bay versus the New York Giants. Now, where am I on the side, the spread, the total? I'm going to be on the spread in this one. I'm going to be on the Tampa Bay Bucks at minus 10. Now, if you can see on the screen behind me, if you don't, don't worry, I'll vocalize it on the podcast version. Right now, the Bucks, they open as 10 point favorites, but on some of these books, they're already moving. They're 
moving to about half of them already at 10 and a half. So you can see some money is coming in on the Bucks because they're trying to make it a worse line if you're taking the Bucks to kind of dissuade you and go more towards the Giants or just skip this game. It's actually changed right now to minus 11 in one spot. So a couple of minus 10 and a halfs out there, minus 11s. So the liners are already moving early in the week. There's a lot of reasons to like the Bucks here. Uh, the last game of the week, this one's going to match up very nicely. So let's break it down. We're going to give you a lot of points as to why I already have the Bucks at minus 10. So to start it off, a very nice stat that kind of gives you a grasp on what all these teams are doing. Tampa Bay is number 18 on offense in yards per play, but the New York Giants are 29. So they are the, the third worst team in the NFL, the fourth worst team in the NFL right now in yards per play. Tampa Bay on defense, number one in yards per play allowed. They're not allowing any yards per play at all. They're not allowing you to be efficient. And that's a pretty big deal for the New York Giants. Like I just said, that are not an efficient team at all. Again, they are 29th overall in efficiency on offense in yards per play. So Tampa Bay is going to be able to uh, honestly shut out potential is here for them. I'm not going to be saying that based on the team total for the Giants, but that's how big of a mismatch this is. Tampa Bay's defense versus the New York Giants offense. Now the New York Giants have been staying in games relatively. And as of late, they haven't, They but they faced their terrible division the last three games, losing by one in back-to-back games versus the Eagles on Thursday night football versus the Washington football team. And their average margin of defeat is 7.7 right now, but they really do struggle when they're facing a solid defense that also has a pretty decent offense, basically just nobody in the NFC East so far. And that's the Pittsburgh Steelers who they lost by 10 to that's the San Francisco 49ers who they lost by 27 to now the Tampa Bay Bucks are going to come in here and they're actually going to have a better combination of defense. Number one, overall, depending on the metrics that you're looking at and offense top half of the league, top 12 overall, again, depending on the metrics that you're looking at on their defense right now, they have some of the top cornerbacks in the league. Carlton Davis got banged up in the last game. So watch that, but it's actually Jamel Dean, number two, overall pro football focus graded cornerback overall for defense and number two in coverage only behind the Packers Jair Alexander right now. So he should be pretty easily be able to maybe shut down a Darius Slayton if that's who they decide to put him on or Sterling Shepard who returned from the IR and had a pretty decent game against the Eagles last time back on Thursday night football. And then if you want to turn to the running game, well, Tampa Bay's picking off right where they left off last year. They were the number one run defense in terms of the fewest yards allowed by over 130 less than any other team in the NFL. This year, they're allowing 10 less than the next closest team, which is the Pittsburgh Steelers. They are allowing the least in the entire league at 48.7. Another issue issue who are for a Giants team that yes, they don't have Saquon. They have Devonta Freeman, who was having some decent spots within the last time out looked very bad against a good Eagles defensive line. And I would suspect more of that to happen on Monday night football. So what you're getting here is like, I don't even have to touch on the offense of how Gronk is coming along right now. And Antonio Brown's not going to join this team now, but probably in two or three weeks from now, potentially is when he's projecting to join this team. Chris Godwin finally looks healthy and Scotty Miller's coming off of a hundred plus yard game in that Antonio Brown soon to be role. I don't even have to touch on the offense because the mismatch on defense gives me enough confidence that yes, I feel pretty good that Tom Brady in this offense is going to be able to score multiple touchdowns in this game three, four touchdowns, somewhere in the 20s and points. I really don't feel that great that the New York Giants can put up more than 14 points unless there's some sort of kickoff return for a touchdown or just some weird things out there that actually get them within this spread. So I think this spread's going to move to probably minus 11, maybe even minus 11 and a half before the Monday night football game kicks off. Again, get the spread while you can. If you want to lean on this side of it, Tampa Bay minus 10 versus the New York Giants. The second game of the week that I'm going to be on, I actually just posted a tweet about, and it's the Indianapolis Colts minus two and a half versus the Detroit Lions. I have the Colts in this one. So there's a couple of reasons why, and I actually think that if any of these lines are going to move, it's probably going to be the Colts based on just sharp betters getting a lot of money down on the Colts, potentially altering the line and moving it to a minus three, minus three and a half. If you're new to sports betting, or even if you're not, you want this number under minus three. A lot of games end in field goals. So if it ends in minus three, depending on your book, that could be a loss or it's just going to be a push, not a win. So that's just kind of a waste of your time. And this line could potentially move to minus three and a half, which would be awful if you got on it then. And at minus three and a half, then the game ends in a field goal and you actually lose when you know you could have won if you just got the line earlier in the week. That's the whole point of me trying to get this video out now on a Tuesday and 
instead of a Thursday. So the Colts right now are minus two and a half. There's a lot of reasons to like this team, how they set up against this Lions team. First of all, I don't really know how true this Colts team is in terms of an overall like Super Bowl playoff contender, but I do think their defense is pretty solid still. And I'm about to tell you why. And I don't think the Detroit Lions are all that great. So right now the Colts rank number 13th in yards per play in offense, top half of the league. The Lions, bottom third of the league, number 22 overall. The Colts right now are number two in the entire NFL in yards per play allowed. The Lions, number 20. So you're having a bottom third of the league offense. It's very similar to the Giants, not to as major of an extent, but the Giants right now being bottom five in the NFL in offensive efficiency versus the number one defense. This is the number two efficiency defense in terms of limiting big plays and overall yardage against a bottom third overall offense in Detroit. Now, Indy is coming off the bye week and Detroit's coming off of a week where everybody got to see them in that one o'clock game, right? Ending around that four, 430 window on the last play of the game, get the touchdown to TJ Hawkinson to beat the Atlanta Falcons in kind of a thrilling fashion. Todd Gurley doesn't go down. He scores a touchdown, right? So everybody got to see that coming off of a thrilling victory. All this type of hype is going into that maybe a little bit in the public's eye. Detroit ranks 22nd in pressure right now. And honestly, Philip Rivers, if anything, he's only been good under pressure, which is just crazy. He's fourth in the NFL right now in overall pressure completion rate. But in clean pockets, he has not been great. So hopefully that's something that gets shored up uh, during this bye week that they have. Detroit is 15th in run defense, but the Colts are number six in overall run blocking. And Jonathan Taylor, their rookie running back, he continues to come on and get a big workload in this backfield coming off the bye now. Big weeks are potentially in store historically when rookies come off bye weeks and get to learn some more things and fix some things about their game. But he's already number four out of all running backs, not just rookies, in breakaway runs of 15 or more yards on the season. There's going to be strong matchups for the Colts wide receivers, whether it's Zach Pascal, whether Michael Pittman finally is going to be active for a game, whether it's T.Y. Hilton against Amani and Okuda on the outside, who actually profile out right now as bottom five cornerbacks in terms of a duo in the NFL. The Colts play at a very slow pace, and what you're going to get is the seventh highest seconds per play, which means that they take a lot of time to run their plays, which means slow pace. That leaves Detroit with not a lot of opportunities to actually get back into this game. They might lose a drive or a drive and a half if you're looking at it first from an analytical standpoint on paper, meaning that they don't have as many drives to score some points, which is not great when you're trying to cover a spread or win a game. And right now, this is not an efficient offense. So you can't hang your hat on, okay, we don't need seven drives. You can be like the Chiefs and just score very quickly. Well, no, they're number 22 in yards per play. And Matthew Stafford is 19th overall in quarterback efficiency at 7.4 yards per attempt. So I don't really believe in that too much. I'm going to be taking and siding with the Colts here at minus two and a half versus the Detroit Lions. My next bet is on the screen right now. And I'm going to give you a two-parter, a double whammy jammy for this one is what we're going to be doing here. And honestly, I feel like I'm going to galaxy brain myself out of this one. I already placed a wager. I already have the call in to get this one on the books over there in uh, New Jersey, actually, not Vegas. But I'm currently going to be taking the first part of this one. The Pittsburgh Steelers plus five is what they opened at. It seems like it's just too obvious. Like it seems like you just should just blindly bet the Baltimore Ravens because they're putting a number out there that's going to get a bunch of fish like me to be heavily on this side. But it's going to change the line, right? So it opened at plus five and a half in some spots. It basically opened at plus five everywhere. Points bet. I don't know if they're trying to do a promo, but they have it at plus five and a half. I don't think a half a point would be a promotion, but that's a nice spot to get it at. So I got it at the Steelers plus five and a half. It seems like too good to be true, but the line is already moving. Like you can see right now on the screen, if you're looking at it and if you're not, it opened basically at plus five everywhere. Again, some spots like points bet, it opened at plus five and a half, but the line's already down to on DraftKings and on MGM plus four and a half already on FanDuel. It's down to plus four. It's just moved in a major way, already moving a point or a point and a half literally on Monday afternoon. It's noon right now as I'm recording this. That's how quickly this line is moving. That's how inefficient the market saw this number as. So I'm happy to get it. Like I, we already, you're going to beat the closing line at plus five. So I'm hoping that by the time you see this, you can at least beat the closing line. Cause I think that this thing's going to get down to like a plus three and a half, maybe even a plus three. And that's where it should have opened that. I'm surprised that it opened that plus five, plus five and a half. If you're lucky enough to get it on points bet. So that's where I'm going to be on it. Why am I going to be on this side of it? Well, Pittsburgh's number three in yards per play allowed. Baltimore's number six. So these are two very good defense at limiting efficiency of the other team. And then on offense, Pittsburgh's only number 25 and Baltimore's number 19. So you have two pretty damn good defenses against two offenses that have not been that great, right? They're getting there and maybe some because their defenses are setting up shorter fields because they're getting there more on volume than efficiency and things like that. Now, Baltimore has allowed the least points in 2020 and Pittsburgh is number nine in that category. 
category. So they're bottom 10 in points allowed, both of these teams overall. Both teams are also bottom five in pace right now. So as I say all this stuff, what is this setting up for if you're saying and thinking about it in your head? Well, it's setting up for an under bet. And that's what I actually have in as well. I have under 49 right now. You can check on some other spots. I've seen under 49. I've seen 48 and a half in a lot of spots. I haven't seen 50s out there. So or, or 49s and a half. But I have the under because again, these are two top five borderline defenses that don't allow a lot of points that play at very slow paces. If you're looking at it right now, Pittsburgh is going to come into this one, both of them being in bottom five in pace. So it sets up for a situation where you have less overall drives, less overall chances to actually have big plays and less explosive plays going to be coming from these offenses. So I'm going to be leaning the under right now on that 49 point total. So that's the second part of this bet. Some more reasons like Pittsburgh plus five and a half and lead that sign of it. Obviously the early line movement is a big indicator that we're getting the right line of this, at least early in the week, the inefficiency in the market we're taking advantage of. Pittsburgh is number one in pass rush, number one in run defense, which is really going to help you against a Baltimore team that wants to run, but they're also top 10 in coverage against a Baltimore team that doesn't have that many weapons, right? It does not look like there's going to be any other options out there right now in outside of Hollywood Brown and Mark Andrews. And the Steelers right now are actually only allowing 39 yards per game to tight ends in just one. So that's going to hurt Mark Andrews. Baltimore though only allows the six fewest yards to wide receivers and only the second fewest touchdowns, just three touchdowns to wide receivers and 159 total yards per game to wide receivers, which is obviously where Pittsburgh is doing a lot and pretty much majority of their damage from their three and four wide receiver sets. So it's going to be a very, I think, close scoring game, which is why I like the plus five and a half on Pittsburgh. I think they're live to win this game. Don't have a money line bet in, but I really wouldn't knock you if you wanted to put a money line on the only undefeated team in football right now that has looked good on the defensive side of the ball and manageable and serviceable on the offensive side of the ball. So the two part bet to this one, we have our two line bets in already that we talked about. Now Pittsburgh plus five and a half already that number has been moving and then the under 49. So that's four total bets so far. Let's finish it up with our final two bets for week eight of the NFL. If I add any other bets or prop bets, we'll have the prop bet show as well on Friday. So that prop bet show is actually going to be using the lines from Monkey Knife Fight. And Dylan Bird is going to be doing those at Sports Bird on Twitter. He went, I think, six and two last week. But what you can do is you can go over to Monkey Knife Fight and use the promo code VETRI, V-E-T-R-I. You can link it all up down below and they'll give you free money up to 50 bucks, literally free money. Use that promo code when you deposit. Whatever you put in, they'll match it up to $50. You want to put 20 bucks in, just try it out. You got 20. You want to be a heavy hitter, a head honcho, a kingpin, put 50 bucks in, bam, dollaruskis in your bank account. You now have $100 over there on your Monkey Knife Fight bank account. You can check it out with my promo code. It's just player props. So if you like playing player props, we're going to have more content on betting content later in the week for those player props to help you out. Or you can just make your own prop bets and just use that deposit bonus if you would like. You can check it out, link down below. And for our next bet now, early in the week, I've not seen any line movement so far. Again, it's literally very early in the week on a Monday afternoon, early afternoon, Tennessee minus five and a half versus Cincinnati. I kind of went back and forth on this one while doing the analysis, but I'm going to side to the Tennessee side where we everybody basically just saw them lose to the Pittsburgh Steelers because they were the two, the marquee matchup. Both of the teams were undefeated. And we just saw the Cincinnati team have a, a heartbreaking loss against a Cleveland team where it was back and forth. Explosive plays everywhere for Cincinnati this entire season. They ranked seventh overall in explosive plays, which is the really scary thing about the Cincinnati team. Even if you have a team right now that's up 21 on them and you think you're covering the spread, they can just hit you so quickly with explosive plays, mainly through T. Higgins right now. But Joe Mixon has a handful of his own, should be healthy this week, and also Tyler Boyd. That's the concerning thing with picking against Cincinnati right now is just like when they get down, it's very much so like the Houston Texans that this team is just going to unleash some big play upside downfield with some of the weapons that they have. And very quickly, bam, they can score a touchdown and be within the spread or be now uh, threatening a back door on their next drive. But this matchup is much more favored for Tennessee to play their style of football. They're coming in as close to touchdown favorites. So it's the Derrick Henry show on the ground and they're not facing the number one overall run defense like they were last week where he only had 75 yards and a touchdown against the Steelers. They're facing a Cincinnati run defense that is bottom half of the league and 18th overall in run defense. And Cincinnati on offense, like I said, they have these big play upside plays in them, but they're much more based on volume. The number one passing offense right now in terms of volume attempts per game for the rookie Joe Burrow, but not that efficient. They're 27th right now, bottom six in the NFL in yards per play on offense. That's not that great. And the big thing about this is Burrow really hasn't made too many mistakes this 
year he had an interception in the last game, but not has not made a ton of mistakes for a guy throwing like 48 dropbacks per game right now, which is absolutely insane. Those mistakes are going to happen. Maybe it doesn't happen against Tennessee this week. They don't have the most daunting defense overall in the secondary or pass rush, but they're going to happen eventually if you're throwing that many times a game as a rookie out there. And especially if you're throwing downfield a lot. Tennessee on offense is number eight in yards per play. And again, they're going to get to play their style of football on this one. And Cincinnati is allowing the fifth most yards per play so far. So you have a top eight overall offense and efficiency against a bottom five defense in terms of allowing your offense to be efficient, very efficient running back in Derrick Henry. And we're going to be in the Derrick Henry months where his yards per carry goes over five yards per carries in the month of November. He becomes an absolute monster. So uh, obviously that's very narrative driven, not much behind that, but it is Derrick Henry month. People just don't want to, they're cold bodies hitting the ground, hitting this freight train coming out them. They just don't want to touch that man. And he turns his three point, like eight yards per carry that he usually has in October and September. It starts to go into like the 5.3 category. The band just becomes an absolute man among boys when the weather gets colder. Cincinnati right now is dead last in pressure, 32nd overall. And Brian Tannehill is top 10. And when he has a clean pocket, he's number nine in overall in completion percentage with a clean pocket. And he actually then delivers the number two most catchable passes in the NFL. So Corey Davis, who came back and looked pretty decent catching a bunch of passes, AJ Brown, who's looked great so far this season. Those guys are definitely going to benefit from now having clean pockets from Ryan Tannehill when he's arguably the most accurate quarterback in the league with a clean pocket over the past year, year and a half. So although I jumped back and forth on this one, because five and a half points is a lot of points, especially for a Cincinnati team that seems like they're backdooring everything this year. I'm just going to side on the side of the more efficient offense, the better defense, in my opinion, as well against a non-efficient offense that has a rookie QB just throwing a ton. And eventually he's going to make mistakes in these games. He has every single week. He's set up some short fields. Eventually he's going to make a couple of mistakes and then it's just going to be easy pickings for whatever team it is that week to cover the spread. We're hoping that this week it's Tennessee, but I don't even know if they need that to actually pull off this five and a half point spread. Give me Derrick Henry in November at this point, five and a half point favorites for Tennessee. We might have some prop bets on this game specifically. Again, you can check that out on Friday's show and deposit a monkey knife to get your bonus to be playing and try and win some dollar rooskies over there. And for our final bet of the week, we'll go with the Green Bay Packers and Minnesota Vikings. And this is going to be a total bet. So, so far on the season, if you're talking just about spreads, you have the Packers coming in at four and one against the spread and you have the Vikings coming in at three and two against the spread. Look, I really don't know which side of this game to like. If I had to lean a side on the line, again, I don't have the bet place, so I'm not as confident in this, but I would lean the Minnesota Vikings coming off of a bye. The Packers right now, though, they've already faced this Minnesota Vikings team and beat them pretty handily. They've pretty much been beating teams like this Minnesota Vikings team that don't have the surest of secondaries that have kind of some weeks hot and cold offenses, right? Basically the Houston Texans or like the exact definition of that last week. They've been beating them without any issues. If your team cannot rush the passer, it's really difficult to get Aaron Rodgers off his game. All we've seen this year is Tampa Bay be able to rush the passer. Rodgers threw two picks, one of them a pick six, and then he was rattled the rest of the game. Granted, David Bakhtiari, one of the best offensive linemen, was out in that game. Still, pressure is going to be the way to beat this Packers team. And the pressure right now, I mean, they lost their whole defensive line, whether it was for people not coming back, whether it was for training players away, losing players to free agency, whatever it was, the Minnesota Vikings lost most of their defensive line. And right now, the Minnesota Vikings, according to Pro Football Focus, currently rank 30th out of 32 teams in pressure rating. That's like the one statistic, if I'm trying to bet against the Green Bay Packers, that I'm going to be looking at. Can this team get pressure on the Green Bay Packers? So if I had to pick a sign early in the week, I kind of want to lean towards the Green Bay Packers at minus six and a half in this one. You can see on some of these sites, if you wanted to go to the Viking side, it's going to be plus seven. So it just depends, but I'm just going to be taking the total here. It's over 54 and a half. A lot of sites are going to be 55. DraftKings was 54 and a half where I saw the opening number. And I use this odds tool right here behind me. If you want to know what it is, you can just let me know in the comments and I'll, and I'll post it up. So right now I'm going to be going to the over 54 and a half. And the reason why, this is why, Minnesota and Green Bay are both top four right now in yards per play on offense. They are just putting up insane yards per play numbers, meaning that they're moving down the field quickly. They have big play 
play upside. Minnesota is actually number two in this department. A lot of that has to do with the rookie Justin Jefferson on the outside just balling out. They're expected to have Dalvin Cook back in this game. And Green Bay is number four, and they're expected to have their running back Aaron Jones back in this game. And on the opposite side of this one, Minnesota is allowing the eighth most yards per play, and Green Bay is allowing the 12th most yards per play. So you have two very good offenses that are clicking in terms of getting down the field and scoring. And then you have two defenses that are not the greatest in terms of limiting efficiency on the opposite side. The Green Bay secondary in that last game, Chandler Sullivan, some players were getting banged up during the game. The Minnesota secondary has improved since like their first week or two of the season, especially after playing the Packers and Devontae Adams. It's not that great though overall. Right now, this Minnesota secondary, if I just want to look at it currently, ranks 26th in coverage and again, 30th in pressure. So it sets up again for Adams who went berserk the first time he played these guys. It sets up again for Adams to do whatever he wants out there. Maybe MVS gets going a little bit more. There's no pressure on Aaron Rodgers who could take off and also have a little bit more time to find whoever he wants on the field. Last week, he found Malik Taylor for a touchdown and two receptions, the only other wide receiver to even catch a pass outside of Devontae Adams. Green Bay, though, is only 25th in pressure rating right now. And Kirk Cousins has been very efficient on the offensive side of the ball, especially when he has more time. He threw those three interceptions early on before the bye week. And after that, it was just bombs away for him in terms of finding Justin Jefferson, finding Adam Thielen in the end zone. Kirk Cousins is currently number four in the NFL for quarterbacks at yards per attempt and efficiency metric, which is showing just that you are very efficient and good at football. Uh, right now, 8.4 yards per attempt. He's also top 15 in accuracy rating so far. And when Kirk Cousins has a clean pocket with many quarterbacks, it's when he's going to be at his best. He's number six in the NFL in terms of clean pocket accuracy. Again, the Packers 25th in pass rush. It can lead to a lot more quicker and deep plays to that rookie, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Irv Smith, some of the weapons that the Minnesota Vikings do have. The main concern for maybe hitting the over in this game is that Green Bay is currently dead last in pace in terms of they take a lot of seconds per play to snap the ball when Minnesota is 12th. So that would be like the main argument for me, at least against going with the the under in this game, but everything else is totally outweighing that. So I'm actually going to go with the over. That would be my sixth total bet that I have placed it so far this week. And if I was going to place a seventh bet, it would have to be deciding on if I want the Minnesota or the Packers side. Again, early on when I first saw this, I was leaning Minnesota. Once I started to dive into it a little bit more, I now lean the Packers side of it. So if anything, I'll probably take the Packers at minus six and a half. I think that number, it's currently moving to minus seven in some spots like FanDuel. FanDuel's line seem to be reacting the quickest right now. The Steelers line is already only at plus four instead of plus five. This line's already moving. So that's where I'm at right now when it comes to the betting for week eight. Again, player props video will be out on Friday. Be sure to check that out. You can get the deposit bonus from Lucky Knife Fight. Download Vigit. The Vigit app is a ton of fun. Promo code SAL, SAL will get you 1,000 big coins. Again, the Vigit app's free to download. It's just a social media app, but those free coins that you get, you could actually win some Amazon gift cards and some other stuff, interact with the community, get some other information. If you want to be placing your bets, maybe you don't want to interact on the site, uh, but you actually want to be using it to make live wagers and real money wagers. You can use the information on the app itself and just go into the section where it says bets up top and then just get the quick summary of stuff. And it gives you a huge information sheet of all the stuff that the line and the movement has been doing on inactives, on injuries, and a bunch of other information that's going to help you out. So check all that stuff out down below. Please do before you go hit the like and subscribe button. I appreciate you all in advance. As a recap for our bets, we are on Tampa Bay minus 10 versus the New York Giants. The Colts, Indianapolis, minus two and a half versus the Detroit Lions. Pittsburgh and Baltimore under 49 and Pittsburgh plus five and a half versus Baltimore. Tennessee minus five and a half versus Cincinnati. And the Minnesota versus Green Bay, we're going over 54 and a half right now with maybe as of right now, a lean towards Green Bay. Those are sixth place bets and a lean. Again, right now, I don't actually have any teasers in for this week. Uh, one part of the teaser that I would do is teasing Green Bay six points from six and a half to just a half a point. But there's not another teaser out there right now that I feel really good about. Maybe it would be Pittsburgh if I was going to pick one. You tease Pittsburgh up depending on when you get the line to a plus 10, plus 11, somewhere around there, and you pair it with Green Bay. That's one that I'm actually going to consider later on today. I definitely like the Green Bay side of that. And since we like Pittsburgh so much, maybe we just go all in and take the teaser, tease them up to around plus 11, plus 11 and a half, depending on the line that we can find. Thank you so much for tuning into this one, gang. Like and subscribe before you go. And I will see you all in the next one.